Hey there, Boardroom Podcast listeners. We're giving away a Wayne Rich surfboard, the Wildcard 3, produced by Surf Tech's Special Projects Division. You can enter for a chance to win one of Wayne's Wildcard Longboards. It's in the NFT construction. It's EPS paired with flax glass. It's light, not too light though, and it has a damp, low vibration feel, which is perfect for a log. Of course, Wayne Rich is one of my dearest friends, and as many of you know, an incredible craftsman, surfboard builder. This is your chance to get a Wayne Rich under your feet. SurfTech as a brand has a focus of innovative constructions, which is this NFT construction, flax glass, paired with designs from some of the best shapers in the world, and that's where Wayne Rich comes in. So your chance to win a Wayne Rich wildcard three, go to surftech.com, and you'll see right away on the homepage your opportunity to win the Wayne Rich Wildcard 3. And the California Gold Surf Auction, the spring edition 2024 is coming up. We have uncovered some real gems, including boards made for professionals, Kelly Slater, Andy Irons, Dino and Dino, Conrad Kanha, culturally and historically significant surfboards. Surfboards tell our story. California Gold Vintage Surf Auction taking place April 6th with the hammer coming down Saturday, April 20th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The auction catalog should be available for everyone to peruse, expecting that sometime in late March. California Gold Surf Auction, you can download the app, bid from anywhere in the world in real time using your iPhone or tablet. Or, of course, you can use your desktop computer. California Gold Surf Auction. If you haven't done so already, now is the time to be thinking about your trip to Indo this summer. Those of you who listen regularly know that I'm a huge fan of three things which make up a great surf trip, and that is fabulous accommodations, incredible food, and empty, perfect waves. And that's why I'm going again to Surfing Village, the last surfing frontier, surfing-village.com. Go there, check out their offering, send them an email using their contact us form, surfing-village.com. Great accommodations, great food, great waves. Those are the three things that equal a great surf trip. You only live once. Let's get this thing done right. Surfing-village.com. And now on to the podcast. Sky Walker is a friend of mine. I've been surfing with Sky for decades here in Southern California, and you may have seen some of his murals. Sky is a muralist, like all artists, super intelligent guy. Real fun conversation here with Sky. Check this out on this edition of the Boardroom Podcast Muralist Sky Walker. Let us begin. Good morning, Skywalker. Welcome to the Boardroom Podcast. It's good to see you this morning. God, I'm honored to be here. Sorry, I had to join on Google, not Safari, because my computer's possessed. You know what? You wouldn't be the first one to have a possession, you know? And we can do it like a, uh, oh, um, exorcist. Exorcist, yes. An exorcism. Like, well, happy well, New Year to you. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, too. It's good to see you. This is sort of an interesting podcast for me, because I've never interviewed an artist before. 
But let me start with this because I'm fascinated by your name, right? Skywalker. And the first thing I think of was, okay, your parents were enamored with Star Wars. <laughs> and that is... Uh... That has been a narrative for my whole life, which is great because obviously the Star Wars film brings up a lot of, uh, you know, uh, memories for people and people get really excited about, you know, Skywalker name. Uh, truthfully, it's, it's Scottish heritage related. Uh, I was named after the Isle of Skye in Scotland and uh, Walker is a very, you know, our Scottish heritage name. And so, yeah, Skywalker. Sky, <laughs> here's the funny part. Sky is actually my middle name, and my full name is Sherlock Sky McLeod Walker. That's so, awesome. It's a good, it's a good one. But uh, you know, being in school, Sherlock in elementary school was was the tough one, and so you know, I got a lot of a lot of flack for it. So then one day I was like, "Can I just go by my middle name?" And thinking Skywalker would be easier, and you know, every, it was a little uh, a little less than Sherlock, but um. But yeah, so Sherlock is Scottish. <clears throat> my parents had my name picked out a year before Star Wars came out. So I was born in 78. Star Wars came out in 77. But my parents already were like, hey, they, they knew they were going to have a kid. I, my mom was pregnant at the time when it came out. Um, so they just had it picked out. So that's the story. Cool. That's interesting. And have you visited Scotland? I have. I've been there twice. I uh, I did two mountain bike trips in Scotland. Um, I'm a big mountain biker. When the surf's flat, it's nothing better than going out and ripping around some trails. And um, one year, I saw that there was a company called H and I Adventures that had trips in Scotland. And I I don't know where to go ride, but they guide trips through the Highlands. And I went in 2017, and it was amazing. And um, I went back in 20. Uh, sorry, I take that back. Twenty uh, fifteen, then went back to twenty seventeen. So it went twice, and incredible. Uh, Scotland's beautiful, wonderful people. Um, I wanted to surf while I was there, but I didn't get a chance. But just another yeah. reason to go back. Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm sure many of us would love to visit. Um, sort of, you know, the the location of um our heritage or our past. You know, I think that's kind of cool. And in fact, it's very cool. And uh, maybe you'll get to surf there eventually. Um, are, were, were your parents, for lack of a better phrase, um, chill, uh, like parents of the '60s? I'm going to say hippie parents. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I uh, <laughs> I have a very unique fabric of uh, my family's family history and and what we did together is is very unique. My parents, prior to my sister Amaris and I uh, coming along, my parents were entertainers and. Um, my dad was born in Orange County. My mom's from uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, my sister and I were both born in Big Bear. So we're all from California except for my mom. But my mom is, she considers herself a California girl. But my dad, um, my mom at Chapman College, and my dad was a songwriter and a performer, and he pulled my mom into the fold, and they traveled and performed together all over the United States for many years. Uh, they were definitely hippies you could say but um but they had a mission to you know sing songs and entertain people across the land they always had a message of taking care of our environment back when nobody was talking about it so when my sister and i were older 
they brought us into the, the family band and we traveled and performed together uh, for quite a few years as a family band called the Earthwalkers. And uh, Brad. Which also took us to living in a lot of different places. So I was born in Southern California, lived down here, but we also lived in Nevada, Hawaii, Spain, Colorado, Oregon. So we we lived in a lot of different spots, which uh, really made the the fabric of our youth very rich, I believe. Okay, well, let me ask you this, because this brings me to um, a moment in our conversation where I can sort of put you on the spot a little bit. And I don't mean to do that, but it interests me. Okay. Um, are you one that rides a polyurethane surfboard? <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a few different surfboards. Uh, but um, you mean polyurethane is in like... I guess what I'm saying is, do the boards that you ride, are they like sustainable, <laughs> earth conscious? Okay, that's Polyurethane nice. boards simply isn't that way, but they well, seem to ride the best, or at least they're pretty damn good. And the majority of the surfers in the world ride polyurethane surfboards. Totally. I, I started thinking of polyurethane that I spray that I clear coat on some of my art. I'm like, wait, polyurethane? But yes, I know what you're saying. Um, I'd like to say that they're all super eco-friendly and they're made of, you know, cork and dirt and leaves, but they're not. They're polyurethane. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think that's the, that's the thing about our environment that's really hard. We do our very best. I know I try my best personally, but we are, we, we are all, um, kind of in the mix of a, of a machine that is so big and no matter how much we try, there's always something in our life that is non-eco-friendly. There's nothing we can do about it. Just go to Home Depot and look at the packaging on things. Just one Home Depot. This boggles my mind because how much plastic is everything wrapped in and it's plastic on plastic on plastic and you're like, how can I, how can I change this machine? And this is one store in Encinitas in America. Whoa. It's, it's, it's boggling. Yeah. So yeah. I think, um, you know, do what you can. And my favorite term these days is uh, think globally, act locally. And I think that rings true everywhere for everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I want to yeah. say I've, I've, when I've, when we've surfed together and for, and correct me, but I want to say that you were on a, a Larry Maybill. Is that, is that what you were? Do you have one of those? What, what boards do you ride? I do. Good memory. I do. I have a, I have an old King garden board that is unfortunately completely out of commission. Now I, I put that through the ringer. Um, our mutual friend, Chuck Elliott got it for me a long time ago. And uh, I love that board and I wrote it all over. It took it to Australia. I beat the hell out of it, but um, I write a lot of different boards. Um, am I good at any of them? Absolutely not. I just, I'm happy to stand up. But um, I have short boards, I have quads, I have uh, a couple fish boards, I have a mid-length I love. Um, I've got uh, I've got a Tenno Hobie Vintage that I really enjoy on long on you know logging days at the reef. Um, fun fact, um, tying into like my art early art days in the industry. Um, I graduated from Oregon State University in 2001, and when I moved down. I was freelancing out of college <clears throat> and one of my first jobs was working for Hobie and the name Hobie, obviously I'd known my whole life. And, um, I worked with Mark Johnson and Sean Hager there when I was 21, just a little greenhorn out of college. And I designed several, uh, board logos, um, the retro egg, the vintage, the fusion, and a couple others. And, um, 
I was absolutely elated that these were going to be put on laminates and put on the board. And I believe they're still using, I, I think they're using all of them still to this day. And, um, and I, I, I went to, a, um, um, not, I think it was actually ASR and ASR. They had a booth with the boards, with my logos on them. I couldn't have been more proud. And, um, yeah. I went to college and got a, a degree in graphic design and, kind of minored in fine arts, but seeing something I made on a product that I just revered so much was like one of the best things I can remember. And um, I still remember to this day being ASR walking up and seeing my logo on the board. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. So I have a few Hobie boards as well, thanks to that experience. That is cool. That's really cool. And, um, you know, it's funny. I, I, um, I thought to myself, wow, I wonder if he has little SWs in the corner of the logo. So were you able to squeeze in a little SW in your logo there? I love this question, Scott, because not with those, but with everything I did past that in the surf industry and action sports industry, I tried to hide my name or my, my signature in my art. So after kind of freelancing for a year, um, I got a my first real break in the industry and as, as a senior designer for men's surfwear at Rip Curl in Carlsbad. And initially I, th I thought I was being hired to work in the marketing department. So they had me in uh, a guy named Bertrand hired me and he's like, all right, welcome to the team. You're our new graphic designer for t-shirts. And I was like, wait, hold up. I, Okay. And I just didn't say a word. I didn't know how to design t-shirts. Now I knew how to draw and stuff, but the, the process of Illustrator and Photoshop to separate the files, I didn't know anything about it. So I literally faked it till I made it there. And, um, but there was an amazing girl I worked next to named Gina and she showed me the ropes. And within a month and a half, I was, nobody would have known, <laughs> but, but, uh, so anyway, for every hand-drawn illustration I did for shirts I hid my name in it or an SW because I realized that no one would ever know it was me nobody would necessarily care but um I just was like I'm just start hiding it nobody ever ever noticed yeah. so. that's cool and do you have some of these rip curl t-shirts I do I've got them in storage I've got them um yeah I've got like a handful of them I kept as many as I could they they kind of add up and are a little heavier to lug around but and do you do you like are are they for sale like i feel like they're collector's items on some level oh man you're too kind i wish they were i think um they're collector's items to me i think yeah. i'll i'll just save them for uh you know if i have kids or yeah yeah want some but um good it is cool and some of my best friends that i gave shirts to when i was there from 2002 to sorry 2003 to 2005 still have their shirts still wear them and they're wiped out they're like dude i love this shirt like you should probably get a new shirt that thing's destroyed but I, i'm glad you like the art that's but cool I'm really, nobody's ever asked me that and i appreciate it because i definitely hid my name so that's sweet that's i love that in fact i was wondering you know i'm um, so people just to reiterate um sky you're now a muralist. I don't know if that's like the category that you want to put yourself in. I imagine as an artist, you're kind of don't want to be stuffed into one little, you know, sphere. But um, I was wondering if 
on these large murals. And by the way, listeners, Sky's done like, I don't know, what have you done? Like 80 murals around North America or something like that? Um, I think in total, in the past 10 years, I'm probably at like 230. Oh, wow. Amazing. So in these 230 murals, large format murals on the sides of buildings, obviously, have you hidden little messages or little doodles or little things that only you know about that are just tucked away and maybe have some super special meaning? I really love the way your mind works. Um, yes. Um, whenever I can, I, I try and put little Easter eggs and murals. And sometimes it's for the client, you know, if they have kids or if there's some sort of historical thing that, that it's important to them and it works within the design, I'll, you know, kind of, fit that in there. Uh, one of the best ways is if it's a night mural, I can, I can put names in the stars and, oh. um, I do that for myself as well. I'll put like my grandmother's initials in it or, um, you know, my family's or my niece, I'll put my niece's name in it. So she, when she sees it, she sees her name, but, um, tying into that too, uh, and to double back to your question. Yes. I, I love, I, I love being labeled as a muralist. Um, Number one, I'm an artist. I will always be that. And um, while I can be a muralist, while my body holds up enough to let me, I'll take that name. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was a graphic designer for a long time, an illustrator, um, art director. And then back in 09, I lost my job along with a lot of other people. And I was like, what am I going to do? You know, everything's kind of not good right now. And through a happenstance introduction, I was introduced to uh, some of the creative directors up at um, Whole Foods in Los Angeles, and they were opening Whole Foods in Encinitas, and they reached out to me to see if I'd do a mural, and I was like, yeah. And I hadn't painted a mural in probably 11 years, and I did the first mural for them, and then I ended up painting the whole store, and it was pretty lucrative, and I, I think I... I think I did everything for the store in three weeks, which was breakneck speed. But for me, I was just excited to, you know, do the project. And after I finished, I was like, whoa, I think, I think this is it. I, th I love painting at this scale, seeing people come in and see something at a, you know, large on a wall, uh, whether it's commercial or it's my own personal art, I think is a beautiful, beautiful thing because it takes people out of their own headspace of just, a smaller picture in a house they're seeing art at a scale that's much bigger and so yeah after that i was like this is what i want to do and i just never saw a career in it and i was so focused after college like i have to use my degree as a graphic designer i went to college for this but my dad was a muralist and he taught me to paint murals in high school and so through college i would paint murals instead of working at a coffee shop and I, it was funny, I went to Oregon State and they're the home of the Beavers. So I'd go in for a meeting and my dad, credit to him, he always was teaching me to be entrepreneurial and just go out and have a meeting and, you know, make a connection and kind of forge my own path. So I'd go have a meeting and I'm like, I'm going to paint the most epic mural for these people. And I'd come in with my ideas and then they'd go, we want a mural of a beaver. <laughs> and I'm like, I have this great idea of the Pacific Northwest with whatever, a great blue hair. No, no, we want beavers. And so I painted several large beaver murals in college because 
being at Oregon State, everybody had the pride of the school, and that's what they wanted. And yeah. one of which, probably my first large-scale mural, uh, was for the Oregon State Wrestling Department, and I painted a 25-foot-tall, muscle-bound wrestling beaver. And <laughs> I think I got 500 bucks, and I was stoked. I painted it, I airbrushed part of it, and the wrestling team went out and got this thing tattooed on their body, unbeknownst oh to me. And I found out about it later. And, you know, a couple of these dudes were like, dude, check out this beaver. <laughs> that one on you. But um, anyway, so, yeah, that's that's kind of like a little summer, uh, summary of how that kind of came to be, being a muralist. And I've, I still do my own personal art and um, art collabs with brands and whatnot. Um, so I still do work on a small scale, but I'm always thinking of the large scale work. Yeah. Um what is it? Because I'm I'm a green I'm very green when it comes to art um, and dressing myself. Actually, my wife dresses me like that's how bad I am with colors and stuff. You know, um, what's the difference between a large format piece and a mural? Just the side of a building? Yes. One second. I'm burning up with my beanie. I'm going to put on a hat real quick. Yeah. And incidentally, my uh, I'm rocking the same one as you. I'm rocking my uh, my melon hat. Those are my amigos oh, um, are they i'm i'm so infatuated i bought two melon hats yesterday at camp shred and i'm just i guess yeah, the guy's no. name is brian that owns it or something yep, i've been brian trying to brian. reach out to him and, and hook up with him because when i'm on my podcast i'm a hat wearer and i want to represent the coolest hat so I i'm will. doing it i'm doing it without their knowledge but uh i'm a I'm, i've had my melon moment and uh i'm involved i'm i'm a fan well, typically I uh, I'm rocking my melon hats all the time, and this morning's a little chilly, so I threw on the beanie. But when I saw yours, I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" So yeah, um, through um, a connection by my buddy John Lee, um, I was introduced to melon a couple years ago, right before the pandemic, and um, I did an artist series hat for them, and turned out really great, sold out. And then this last year, we released my second artist series hat, and. I'm very honored to be associated with the brand and um, part of their family. So yeah, I will definitely do an email introduction and uh, you definitely need a melon hat while you're uh, doing the podcast. I think that's yeah. great. Yeah. I've got um, two of them. Um, <clears throat> so, so small scale versus large scale. Um, it's all relative. You know, someone could say the biggest painting they've ever done is like eight feet by 10 feet. And that's a good size for sure. And that, to some people that's like, Whoa, I, don't ever want to do anything that big again. It also depends on how much you're putting into it. Like this, like, have you ever been to the Sistine Chapel? In no, but I know it's insane. It's insane. And it's, I went there when I was 21, graduated, went over to Europe and it's, the amount of detail is unbelievable. And it took Michelangelo three years to paint, you know, in a very awkward position. But, um, you know, when people think about murals, they usually think that, you know, like, oh, my gosh, it has to be like this. But if you simplify the design, it can actually be um, very accommodating. And there's different ways to do it, too. You know, you can lay out a grid. You can project it. You can freehand it. Uh, it's all it all depends on what you're trying to get out of it and what you want that final piece to be. So. There really is no difference because if you scale, if you do like a grid and you scale it, it the one-to-one -one ratio 
is meant to be scientific enough to where you can go from this big to like a 50 foot wall and it really would make no difference as far as what you're painting. Uh, the amount of detail would be the thing, but um, yeah. And it's daunting for sure. I sometimes show up on jobs and I go, what did I get myself into? <laughs> um, I just went and looked at one I did in Carlsbad in 2020 for a ATEC spine, which was a commercial mural job. I was grateful to do it because it was during the pandemic. All my work hit the skids, but I still had this project and I was deemed essential to paint it and it was outside. And it's my biggest piece to date. I think it's 35 feet tall by 430 feet wide. Wow. And it's articulating geometric spinal shape. So I was really proud of the design because it was complicated and I couldn't paint. <laughs> I, you know, I wanted to say, I want to paint mother nature and waves and uh, no, that's not, wasn't this thing, but that's okay because I was, I used my designer ability to be like, how can I make this cool? And it turned out great. And it was a total beast to paint, but when I showed up to paint it, I'm like, okay, this is a monster. And it took two 60 foot boom lifts, a 35 foot scissor lift, 25 days straight. It was a, it was a total beast, but going back and seeing it with the building all done, I'm like, I did that. I went up there and rolled all that out and made it happen. That's and, amazing. That is yeah. so great. That, that must be one of the many um, joys of your work is, you know, driving cross country and going, Hey, let me show you this over here that I painted five years ago or whatever. That's just amazing. It is. And one of the, one of my prouder achievements in the past uh, 10 years of being a muralist is um, kind of tapping into my childhood is traveling and performing with my family and seeing the United States from coast to coast differently than a textbook. Cause we were homeschooled for a couple of years. Um, a lot of people have misconceptions about being homeschooled. Well, I think it's different for everybody, but I know for my parents, like the lesson was being out in nature. Like we were going to, you know, South Dakota and we were going to, you know, Tennessee. And we we're seeing all these amazing locations with uh, historical artifacts. And, um, you know, like I say, South Dakota, we went to the site of Wounded Knee, which was a very, uh, heavy and big battle and you know the Na native americans took a huge loss on that and it was it was a bit of an annihilation wasn't it more or oh, less yeah. just like uh i mean annihilation yeah. isn't even the right word it was just a complete, it was like, uh, like a genocide it was a massacre yeah, massacre yeah. yes yeah. and uh it took a lot so I, I couldn't find the right words it was so nothing i could say to really yeah it's deep and now yeah. how profound it was but at the time i was 12 and we read about it and when we got there, we felt it. It was very, very profound to be there. And reading it's one thing, but being there is another. And um, it was no different. You know, driving around the country, we're going to see, like, you know, Abraham Lincoln's log cabin and, you know, uh, amazing, amazing sights across America. Um, yeah. It's too many to, to announce. In That's cool. I want to do, I love the, I love this because I'm, I'm big into history. I'm actually reading a Nave Lincoln book right now. I've read a bunch of Indian stuff recently. I love that you're able to travel around the world and see all these things in person. And as part of your education, did you hide? Did you hide? I want to go back to the Carlsbad piece. Did we did we hide a little SW somewhere? Because I imagine this was a very much a, a corporate piece of art. And I'm wondering if you got to snivel in a little SW somewhere in the corner that no one knows about. I'm secretly want to look at every mural I see now and be looking for the SW hidden in, in, in a leaf somewhere. 
Well, that one, no, that one just pretty much got my signature stencil at the end, but I did try to figure it out. However, the way the spine articulates, I think you could <laughs> take a couple of the geometric shapes and make a W out of it. Ah, very In good. In fact, I'm going to get the photo and see if there's, I'll send you a screenshot when I find it. But I, that one was so focused to finish because it was such a beast. I kind of didn't think about that. And it was so corporate. I'm like, there was no like hand doodles. It was very gridded yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when we were on the road, it inspired me years later to do a mural tour. And I'm like, I want to take what we did as kids. I'm not going to perform across the United States, but I'm going to paint. So I, I kind of self-funded this project and bought a Sprinter van and I built it out to live in it for a year. Um, and yeah, took off in 2018 and left for a year and a half. Uh, moved out of my place in Cardiff, which I loved and I'd lived in for 11 years. And uh, you know, it was daunting. Like I'm like leaving our bubble of North County is like, well, this I love everything here. Love my surf spots, my friends, but I I felt this drive to do something different. And so I left. I literally had one mural booked, and I traveled to Kings Valley up in uh, Central California. I painted a mural for the pool in town, and then after that. I got emails, I got DMs on Instagram, and people started reaching out. I was reaching out too, I had friends reaching out, and then eventually it just all coalesced into this amazing experience of work happening. Once I, once I got out of the mindset of being freaked out about it, and I really just let myself go to the universe and say, hey, just take care of me, just let it come, don't worry about it. That's when the things really started happening that made the trip amazing. And I ended up painting 30 murals in a year and a half and coast to coast. And I got to go surf in Maine in the fall, which was one of the things I really wanted to do. Um, got to eat lobster and drive down the, the East Coast as the fall was happening. And yeah, I, I linked up all the things I wanted to do. And when I was landlocked, I was like, man, how can I bring waves? inland uh one of the murals i did in tennessee i did two big ones there but one was a mother nature inspired piece which is kind of indicative of my work and it's a woman's face and her hair is turning to waves and it's a hundred foot mural in down you know in um in nashville and it takes takes you out of where you're at for sure but um while i was painting it people were just like just love the waves i love the ocean i love seeing this here because this isn't here so those moments were really fun to remember and um i just did a mural in arizona where it was an ocean inspired piece for uh, an apartment complex same thing no waves in arizona but people you'd think an ocean mural would be a little weird people were stoked just seeing yeah. water was giving them calm uh one woman came out she goes i'm from hawaii i I've lived here for a while and seeing these waves just makes me feel calm. And I'm like, that's amazing. So that's yeah. pretty cool. So, that's great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're bringing calmness to the world through your art. That's seriously, that's cool. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. 
your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let me ask you this from a, more of like an administrative um, or a policy standpoint, do you have to get permits from like, do you have to jump through a bunch of government hoops with municipalities and, and whoever the, the powers that may be that are like, Hey, wait, you know what? This didn't go through the design review process. Like, is that a headache? It can be if you're working with a city. So, if you do city-based murals, there's a lot of red tape. And what about private property, though? That, that do, do like city enforcement, code enforcement people come out and go, look, even though this is private property, this isn't okay within our guidelines. It's interesting because there's there's a lot of gray area with it, and every district and community is different, but. Essentially, if somebody owns the building or has permission, you can paint whatever you want. You just can't paint the name of the company or the brand because then that becomes signage. So uh -huh. if you're painting, you know, you're painting uh, whatever on the side and the minute that's painted on, unless you have it permitted, that's signage. And even though it's a mural, it's all considered signage. You remove the typography unless it says, you know, <laughs> live, love, laugh. It's not a brand, you know, right. you just pick the statement up. Um, that And the other thing, too, is the community. If the community rallies around it enough to hate it that much, to have it taken down, they can literally, you know, yeah. folly against you and yeah. then, you know, have it pushed to be taken down. I haven't experienced that, and I hope I don't ever have to, but um, I have dealt with uh, dealing with cities, which just, it just drags it out longer. You got to get more insurance for it. You got to get more approvals. You got to just, there's a lot of red tape and I get it because they want it to be done right. And if you apply to city run or government run um, art funded murals, it's even more um, in depth, like the application process. But if it's a private business or they have their own approvals and the biggest thing too would be if you have to close down the sidewalk, you got to get permits to use lifts. Yeah. That can be a little tricky sometimes, but yeah, yeah, you just kind of show up, assess the situation, and go. All right, one thing at a time. What, what about the actual application of the paint? Um, do you? I imagine here in Southern California, there's stucco, and you're like, ah, oh, stucco is probably not that great for murals. Like, do you have to go in and clean the wall, obviously, before like before you apply what you need to apply? 
Yeah, so typically, typically I love seeing the mural or the wall up close and personal before I paint it because I'll see all the issues right away. And some people go, oh, yeah, the wall great. And you show up and it's literally the layer of primer that's been painted over 10 times. It's peeling off and yeah. it's literally just the cement. So you got to make sure the wall is primed properly. And it doesn't matter if it's stucco or brick or whatever. Yeah, you got to wash it and clean it and then prime it. And I try and have that done before I get there, especially if I'm traveling somewhere, because if I have to prime a 50 foot wall, then that's a day or two out of my time that's taking away. But I've done it and we'll continue to do it when necessary. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you just really want to assess the wall. And sometimes there's problems that you can't see within the wall. There's like moisture behind the brick you can't see and it might dry up, but then it comes back and pushes through and puffs out the wall paint. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of different um, things to look at. And are you clear coating it afterwards? Clear coating is a, it's kind of a debate in the mural community because it can protect, but it can also yellow the paint. Oh. Uh, if somebody comes up and vandalizes your work, essentially you should be able to scrub it off, but it's not a hundred percent and you could end up like, you know, scrubbing off some of the, the clear coat and then your paint, depending on how robust the, the vandalism is. Yeah. Typically, I don't because if something happens, I just come back and touch it up. And it's yeah. very rare that that's happened. Um, I've, I've only had it happen three times and two were minor. One was a little more uh, aggressive. But um, yeah, the clear coating, it's, it's a it's a tricky one because you're, you're, you're putting this you know, heavy resin over your work and it does make it look rich. It brings out some of the colors, kind of like you'd clear coat a painting on wood. Um, but it also presents its own problems. So I just kind of leave it. And if things go wrong, then, and also you're kind of looking at a shelf life of 10 to 15 years for the mural paint anyway, depending on how exposed it is to the sun and the elements. Uh -huh, so interesting. If, you're, if you're in the sun, probably about 10 years before some fading really shows up. Um, case in point, I just redid a mural in Acadia on 101 this summer on the side of uh, 101 Wine Company. And I painted it 10 years ago. And I really wanted to redo it and freshen it up and make it better. And the paint had kind of hit its 10 year threshold. But, but now the spray paints and even the latex uh, based paints, they're all even more robust with their UPF protection. So I think they last a little longer yeah. now than they did 10 years ago. And, and, and also to clarify, I use latex brush paint, but I also use exterior-based spray paint, uh, depending on the project and what needs to be done. And when you're using spray paint, you get in that like uh, stucco real easily. And it's, it's nice because it makes it faster. Do you, you mentioned you wanted to make it better, which I think to myself, I think all people that are creating things will look back at something and go, Oh, you know what? I should have done this or I should have done that. Is that when you drive by some of your murals or you're like, Oh man, if I just would have done this here, or do you have moments of reflection where you're second guessing yourself? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, any artist would be lying if they said no. Um, even if you made it your best work ever, you'd come back a few years later and go, Oh, maybe I could just fix that. But but I've also become a lot better at letting go and just going, hey, 
there's a lot of work I've done that will I'll never get to touch again. Some I'll never see again. And that's okay. Because uh, whatever life it lives was meant to live on that wall and that space and that community. But if I have something that's accessible and I can, like this one in Lucadia, I, I was like, I really want to make this better. And I reached out to a friend of mine uh, named Scout, and she let me paint her portrait. So this time it was based on a real person. The first time was kind of just based on a drawing. I really hammered it out in two days the first time. And this time I took like six days and really, really crafted it to make it a, a glowing, beautiful piece, kind of honoring Mother Nature, honoring our coastline, making it just like a, a moment you'll see driving down 101 and you're like, those are the vibes I want here, you know, <laughs> but also subtly. And what I try and do with my work is subtly. Yes. I want people to look at it and go, that's beautiful. That makes me feel good. But also, Hey, we gotta, we gotta keep these places as beautiful as we can. Cause you know, even though this mural is kind of like an idealized, beautiful situation and we have a very amazing coastline, like we can trash it in a hot second if we're not careful. Yeah. Um, it's interesting the the concept of i was just th i was thinking about what you were talking about like the ability to maybe go and tweak on something and i thought that must be the beauty of being a musical artist is that okay you made the song but the very next time you play it you can play it the new way that you wanted you can change it on the fly every single time and you've always got the original but you, you know that's uh, something that the musicians out there i hope they realize how lucky they got it yeah, absolutely. You're right. And um, I've kind of started playing music more uh, again. And uh, that's true. Like, it's never quite the same each time. Same with the painting. I mean, even like to compare it to surfboard shaping, which I've never done and I don't even want to try. But, you know, every shaper wants to craft the perfect board and just fix this, change that, make this adjustment to make that board sing and in the same respect as an artist i want to do that with my work and sometimes i hit the nail on the head and i go i'm so happy with how this turned out and sometimes i'm like eh, i was kind of compromised by time <laughs> you know you, you know i pick it apart and someone might say no it's great but internally i'm like i could have done that one thing uh but it'll always be that way and yeah. uh, but that's also in the pursuit of excellence and doing better that's why, like, you know, when I'm 70 one day, I can hopefully do something and go, all right, I did everything I've ever learned into this painting, and it's the best thing I've ever done. Hopefully I yeah. do that before then, but <laughs> I better have my ducks in a row. You know, you, your, your family band, the Earthwalkers, I'm wondering if there's a way that you bring these two things together, like you, you have the band play while you're creating one of your mirror, like you, you have this, like, um, you know, I don't know even how to phrase it, but basically you have live music going down. That's the earth walkers and you're painting. Well, maybe there's nothing there. Maybe we're, we're trying too hard. Not at all. I, I love that idea. I wish I'd thought of that sooner. Um, unfortunately at the end of 2022, my father passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and, um, it's still very, hard to wrap my head around my my dad taught me to paint murals he was my best friend he was just um you know he was the 
the leader of the Earthwalkers, and he, he took us on so many adventures, some of which we were stoked on, and some we were like, Dad, what the hell are we doing? But I wouldn't trade anything for it. And I, if I said, Dad, I want you guys to play while I paint, 100% he would have done it if I'd even thought of it. And um, so part of my, you know, continuing on with what I do, I want to make him proud because he was, you know, he loves seeing my work. And whenever I send it, he's like, you know, he'd say it's a masterpiece, even though I'm like, that is just a very simple mural. He, he was so enthusiastic and I took muraling past where he ever took it. He, he did it and he did some great murals and he, and he had fun doing it, but it was never like a focus. It was more of like kind of fun or it was like a little side job he'd do. He crafted some great ones. He craft, he hand painted and hand sculpted some signs that were amazing. He did one in Big Bear when I was a kid for um, a local general store. And it was called, I can't remember what it was called, but it had like a glass diamond that he inlaid and it was backlit and it was all 3D and sandblasted. I don't even remember how he made it. It was so good. They installed it. The next day the owner called and said, Morris, where is the sign? My dad's like, we put it up yesterday. It's a 14 foot long sign. Somebody stole it that night. Oh, man. That's horrible. The building in Big Bear and took the 14-foot sign that he just spent three months building and stole it. Oh, man. And we just have, like, two photos of it. But my dad made some great stuff. And as I continue with my work, I want to make my family proud, but make him proud from whatever cosmos he's in now. And uh, I, would, I, I would love nothing more than to have the Earthwalkers playing when I painted. But to that point, uh, to honor my dad, we last year uh, we did a performance show as his memorial. So we we sang and performed his original songs and some of his poetry, and I edited about five short films for the event. And we rented out the Star Theater in Oceanside, where I have a incidentally a fifty foot mural on the side of the building, and we performed in honor of my dad. And oh, cool! Yeah, Very so sweet. to that effect. In a very roundabout way, I painted the wall in that building in 2017, and then we performed inside in honor of him. And I wouldn't have been able to paint that mural without what he taught me, and we wouldn't have been able to do that show without the upbringing. So it, it was a beautiful synergy of elements going on. That's super sweet. That's unreal. I'm stoked that you got to um, you know experience that and participate in that moment. Um, you mentioned um, the universe. Uh, in a sort of, a, in a way that suggested a deity, and I'm wondering, Sky, if there, if you have a like a a, a higher power or some sort of godlike deity or something that that drives you uh, spiritually. That's a good question. It's the uh, the age old question, you know. And in the wake of my father passing and it's something we all have to go through it's that rite of passage losing a parent which nobody wants to think about or deal with but it you know it puts you know going super deep after my father passed which i was there for um i'm not afraid of death Death doesn't scare me i don't want to get eaten by a shark while i'm surfing <laughs> you know nobody wants to go through that experience but the, the process of it uh, and what's next is not something that I'm afraid of personally. Um, spiritually, I consider myself spiritual. Um, I was raised, my mom, who's studied all religions, She, when we were growing up, she was very 
open to like, hey, kids, this is this religion. This is this is what they're about. She she taught us a lot about religion, and she's like, I don't, I don't want to push anything on you. I want you to discover what you want. Uh, my mom, though, she got very um, into meditation. And growing up, we'd come to a self-realization fellowship in Encinitas and we'd meditate. And I didn't know. I'm like, all right, we're just sitting still. What is this about? But I'd say as I've gotten older, I think that resonates with me. And as far as what's out there, like, you know, what what is that higher power that we are all looking for? I'm just as perplexed. But what I will say is when I'm stressed, conflicted, whatever, if I just sit down and meditate, calms me down and I get more focused and um, I don't really tell many people that I do that because some people are like, whoa, hey, <laughs> meditation's weird. Uh, I you mean you don't meditate brag? Because I've been known, <laughs> I've been known to meditate brag and then I follow that up with a kale brag. A kale. <laughs> I have a kale smoothie after I meditate. Usually that brings me back. Um, yeah. Well, but just sometimes like I've I literally mentioned meditation and just literally had that visceral like, whoa, hey, you know, it's I don't know about that stuff. It's kind of weird. And I'm like, and I get it, you know, and everybody's got their their focus on the thing. I think whatever makes you feel comfortable and good in this world, whatever that means, as long as it's not hurting other people, but makes you feel centered, then great. And some people, their meditation surfing. I know it's part of my meditation going out, even just sitting on the water with the waves rolling underneath you. Every surfer gets it. Yeah. Um, and, but when that's not accessible, you know, when you're stuck in a van, in a, in a hailstorm in Ohio, in the, you know, or in Nebraska in the middle of winter, uh, on a mural tour and they can't surf, well, I can meditate, you know, I can do that anywhere. Mm-hmm. And also art is a meditation for me, you know, just sitting like yesterday I had a whole bunch of stuff to do, tax prep, stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to paint today for myself and nobody else. I don't care what it what it is I'm doing. I just need to do it, and just felt so much more centered and calm because of it. And so, a couple different meditations: the real ones, and then the art ones, and surfing. But as far as what's out there, I mean, I want to know. I really now that my dad's gone, and I think anybody that can attest to losing somebody they they really care about, they want to know. And yeah. will I see him again? In what capacity? Is he going to be just this glowing star personality? But I'm going to go, that's my dad, you know. And this is going super deep and heady. But well, I mean, it's, that's, I like I that. Like, I would suggest to you that we've seen your dad this morning numerous times. I, I agree. You know what? I, I, I don't watch many shows, but I was watching a show last night while I ate, and a character, just a bypassing character on the show was named Morris. So mm. I see that stuff all the time. And because as we call him Mo, I see Mo in everything. Momentum, memorial, momentous, uh, moment. More. I, it, more, 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 <laughs> more, more, more. Like, it's subtle. It might sound goofy to somebody, but it, if I'm, like, thinking of him, I'll literally look, pull something up, and I see more. So I see Mo, and it's like, all right, so there's there he is. There's that cosmic weaving that we can't see. Something's going on that's far greater and... I don't mean like a large, you know, a guy with a giant beard sitting in the clouds in a giant gold throne, you know, God, but Santa there's something Claus. much greater, it, but it, that's what you believe. Awesome. You know, that's, yeah. that's great. If that's what brings you comfort. Yeah. Well, Skywalker, 
We've said a lot. We've talked a lot. We've um, I've learned a lot about you. I've known you for a long time, but we rarely we don't really know each other. So it's been fun to get to know you a little deeper. And um, I'm a big fan. Where in this area, I, I've just got this vision of myself. Every single mural I see, I'm going to be like, is that one of the skies? You know, where would some of us in like where would we see some of your murals? Well, first off, yes, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you again for talking with me. We've you know, exchanged words out in the lineup talking, and then it's like we say something and a wave comes and we split and then don't get to finish. So this has been awesome. Um, and so like if you're in North County, San Diego, um, the Star Theater in Oceanside has one of my biggest murals. Um, I have uh, painted both sides of 101 Wine Company in Lucadia. Um, I have a mural I did with... Um, another artist behind Patagonia in Cardiff. And that wall needs help, <laughs> it's falling apart, but it's, it's still there. And um, I have a really large surf mural of, this one's fun because I worked with Todd Glazer, the amazing surf photographer. I took one of his photos and brought it to life um, with Rob Machado next to the library in Cardiff. And it's a 40 foot by 35 foot mural and I tried to replicate Todd's photo of Rob as best as I could. And I think it turned out pretty great considering I was spray painting on 100% full speed onshore winds. <laughs> <laughs> I literally could spray the can and watch it go down the wall and around the corner. So I had like limited hours I could paint without wind. But uh, that one's in Cardiff. And then I've got some peppered through San Diego. Uh, some are kind of... In Encinitas, like the old Whole Foods building, which is now Flock Freight, I have I just redid the whole garage there. I did a, a mural on the outside of Flock Freight behind Beer Garden of a woman's face. Um, and then, yeah, across the country, they're kind of all over the place. And hmm. hopefully I can continue to keep doing more of those. Yeah. Well, we hope so. We certainly hope. And I don't know why not. I think that's going to happen for you. Well, I kind of have no choice because uh, I... Uh, it's only, I'm not a lawyer. I don't have an alternative. <laughs> and this is. We're painting no matter what. We're going to be painting. I got to keep creating. That is my meditation is creating. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, look, um, I look forward to seeing you in water and seeing you around town. And again, thanks for being part of the Boardroom Podcast. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And uh, honored to be the first artist. I hope you get many more. I do too. Thanks, guy. Talk to you thanks, soon. Brother. Okay. Bye-bye. 